Hello everyone and welcome back to the Kickabout England. Send us to sleep and Everton are 10 points lighter. I'm your host Chris. I'm Lee. And I'm Dan. and welcome to episode 151 of the kickabout um, it seems like it's a, every week we've got a different lineup this yeah. is uh, we're beginning to get the full rotation in just like gareth southgate um so yeah pete is dealing with some family stuff tonight um dan of course is back on the show mm. welcome back sir Thank how's you. your gammy leg still yeah, attached still gammy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah dan is obviously back um for fans of the lma series we are we've returned this week as well so tomorrow's episode uh or today's episode by the time the podcast goes out will be the first since Dan's up and LMA has had a few weeks off and has saved up all the scuff ready <laughs> to fucking hit us with both bows, mostly me, um, in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you give that a watch if you're following the series. Um, right. Uh, well, we can return now to a stat with the proper stat man. None of this fake stat man we've had yeah. the last few weeks. Let's get going. Dan the stat man. Um, yeah, so unsurprisingly, there was not really any stats to choose from. Was it how many people fell asleep watching England? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was literally nothing of any interest, so I decided to come up with my own stat. Well, <laughs> it's a real stat. I haven't just made it up. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wondered if you boys could name sort of the top 10 um, sort of appearance players underneath Gareth Southgate's reign as England manager. Ooh, okay. Top 10. I mean, we've just got to think about his, his favourites, really, haven't we? That's just going to be most of them. Um, okay. I wanted to do top 20 because there's some um, there's some ones that you probably wouldn't think. But Have you got the top 20 there? Yeah, I've got it all. Yeah. all right, maybe we can read, read them out if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get the, um, the answers to that later on in the show, as always. Uh, no fantasy league update this week, although given how many injuries and things have been coming out of uh, the European qualifiers this week. I suspect everybody who's made changes already might be um, struggling a little bit, especially if they did people like Bowen, who uh, who picked up a knock this you week. Didn't fall behind any further this week? Yeah. Well, no, but um, <laughs> given that Bowen is in my team, then that could be happening this weekend anyway. So, um, right, so we'll move on from that. Uh, we have got an alternate universe tonight. Um, unexpectedly, the show tonight may not be quite as long as our normal shows because uh, England, frankly, didn't give us much to talk about. The other England game is going on right now, and it seems to have started in much the same vein that Friday's game did. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a slightly shorter show tonight. So we are going to pad out the show with some other bits. So we have got a an alternate universe tonight, and we are as it's international week. We are going to give our best and worst England elevens. Um, so we'll start with um, we'll start with the best one, best first, because I think there's going to be quite a lot of overlap, and then we'll do the worst just for sh- shits and giggles. Um, so Dan, why don't you tell us what your um, best eleven England is? Um, yeah, so obviously we were discussing off air that it could have gone very differently, really. I mean, I've just gone for players that I've seen play. Yeah, I think we've have we all done that? Pretty rather much. than going like yeah, that. I mean, we could just like pick the Bobby 66 Charlton World Cup team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've never watched any of them, really, so I didn't see the point in picking those sort of players. Um, so I've gone for Joe Hart in goal. Ooh, big. Yeah. Big. Um, I thought that might be a bit different to other people's. Um, I thought he was quality until Pep Guardiola destroyed him. <laughs> um 
probably quite similar to everyone else's. Maybe I've gone Neville right back, John Terry and Ferdinand centre back, um, and then Ashley Cole left back. Mm-hmm. Um, midfield's quite difficult, really, because I feel like there's quite. I mean, I've gone four three three, so to try and pick yeah. three players is quite difficult and. I mean, you know, maybe a couple more years, I'd probably put someone like Bellingham in there. But mm-hmm. for now, I've I've gone Scholes, Gerrard, and Lampard. Okay. Um, so it's interesting because go on. You, I was going to say because like Gerrard and Lampard always had this. Yeah, I was going to say thing, as, a, as a a team, it's probably poor because <laughs> they're actually shit together. Yeah. But I've done it based on individually individual players. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then I put Beckham on the right. Um. And then this is this doesn't really matter, but I've also done Rooney and Kane. Um, I probably wouldn't have Kane on the wing, but and we all know he can take corners. So. Well, you could probably put Kane as <laughs> centre back or centre midfield. <laughs> so. Um, um, so yeah. All right, uh, Lee. Okay, so mine is a little bit different. Um, uh, so in goal, I've gone David Seaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, right back, I've gone Kyle Walker. Okay. I was going to go Neville. But I thought. Yeah. Change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley Cole left back. And I've gone John Terry and Sol Campbell in, mm. in centre back. Yeah. And then I've gone 4 4 2. I've gone David Beckham right mid. I've gone Glenn Hoddle and Gaza in the middle. Nice. And I know John Barnes played more mid uh, centre mid, but he was left footed, so I've hung him out on the left. <laughs> and I've gone Harry Kane and Gary Lineker up top. Nice, okay. Yeah, some, some different picks yeah, in there, but um, some good ones in there. We've got Shearer's up as well. Yeah, yeah, um, we've got Shearer's picks as well. Um, unfortunately, it's not the entire Newcastle team, it's probably most of them. <laughs> um, so my best 11, um, I went David Seaman in goal. Um, I also went Kyle Walker at right back. I just feel like with him, it's easy to pick Gary Neville because he was part of that mm-hmm. generation of players, wasn't he? But actually, if I think about it, has Kyle Walker ever really let England down? He's always a solid at least seven out of ten, yeah. isn't he? And he's not just played right back. He's also yeah. played like right of a three, mm-hmm. and he's always been brilliant. Um, despite multiple times calls for him to be dropped mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, he's always performed. Um, the rest of my defence, Ashley Cole, left back, Ferdinand and Terry in the middle. Uh, my mid, I went midfield three. I went uh, Gaza, Beckham and Lampard. I feel like again back to your point with the whole Lampard Gerrard thing. Mm. Um, I, I wanted to, I I could only have one of them, and I just felt like Lampard. Don't know to me anyway. If I look think back to it, I felt like he did slightly better for England mm-hmm. during his career. Um, but I'm sure people will tell me otherwise. And my front three is Rooney, Kane, and Alan Shearer. Mm-hmm. That's my front three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Shearer's down. Yeah, so Shearer. Um... As Shearer. Um, Shearer had Seaman in goal. Um, same defence as me, Neville, Ferdinand, Terry and Ashley Cole. Um, then in midfield, he's gone for Beckham, Gaza and Scholes. Mm. Scholes is an interesting pick because he never really got the rub of the green with England, mm. did he? he? He never really... Yeah, he didn't really do a lot with England and then he retired early from England because mm. he, he kept did, playing him out of position. I was going to say, he kept playing out on the left. Another one, I think, is... Um, Carrick that was like sorely missed. Oh, I think massively. he was just in the wrong sort of generation. Yeah, I mean, all of the plaudits you hear about him and his passing ability mm. and everything else, England could have probably done with him, mm. to be honest, in certain points. Um, and then up the sort of front three, he's got Rooney, Kane and Shearer. All right. Okay, right. Well, now we get to the interesting one. Let's go for the absolute weapon 11. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see, to see some of these because I did have to um, have quite a deep think about some of these. I, I filled in the last two while we were um, setting up tonight. Um, 
Lee, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off for this one? So I, I basically, I, it took me a while to do this one. Is there? Have and we I, done this on categories? Is... I, I haven't got one because I I've, after Rob Green, I genuinely couldn't think of a, another ten players. So you've got a worse to, one. Yeah, Rob Green Rob is your Green, worst yes, England yes, player of all time <laughs> by default. <laughs> uh, so I've gone four four two and. When I ripped them all down, I thought, yeah, that is, I wouldn't want any of them playing for me. And that team is shocking. <laughs> so in goal, I've gone Scott Carson. Yeah, he right. was number two for my goalies. Yeah. yeah. Right back, I've gone Danny Mills. Left back, I've gone Ashley Young. Uh, Phil Jagielka and Eric Dyer, centre back. <laughs> yeah, like it. Jermaine Genius at right mid. Jesse Lingard, left mid. John Joe Shelby and Jake Livermore in the middle. <laughs> Fucking hell, what a team this is. And Francis Jeffers and Dion Dublin up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What a time to be alive when those sorts of players were making the England team. Um, right, so um, Dan, you got your team? Rob Green. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so I went. I was. I was, wondering, I was trying to have a look if Phil Jones ever made an England appearance, but um, he, must he must have made one or two, yeah. surely, because he did was he did, a bit of a hot property at one two. point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Richard Wright, I've gone for my goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I went about three. Uh, so I went uh, for Danny Mills, awful player in my opinion, and an even worse pundit. Yeah. Um, I've gone for Ryan Shawcross and Zach Knight. That night. That night, yeah. I don't know how many appearances he had. It wasn't many, but he did play. Sold him to Blackburn. Um, my midfield four. I've got Kieran Dyer. Don't think he ever really did anything for England even when he wasn't injured. Uh, I've gone for Lee Hendry, uh, David Bentley, yeah. and uh, Trevor Sinclair. He was a bit of a harsh one because he did okay at times for England, but I just can't stand the bloke. Mm. Um, so he's in there. My front three, I also have Francis Jeffers and Dion Dublin. To be honest, I've got Dion Dublin there mostly because I fucking can't stand him as a pundit. Yeah, he's doing boss. the England game again and he's just got the worst <laughs> takes of any commentator I've ever heard. Um, what, beating Michael Owen? I, I'd, I'd almost rather there. have Michael Owen commentate <laughs> than Dion Dublin. At least you can have a bit of a giggle when Michael Owen's doing it because he doesn't, doesn't always fucking say him. Uh, and my third striker is Alan Smith. Okay. Hmm. Oh, you don't like that one, Dan. <laughs> oh, you didn't like that. What's wrong with that one? Alan Smith. Yeah. Mm. On an England, on an England scale. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, he didn't like that, did he? <laughs> did not like that one. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I suppose we better talk about it, wouldn't we? Let's talk about the snooze fest on Friday night between England and Malta. Um, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because whenever England go into these sorts of games, we do go in with a certain arrogance as to what the score should be and what is expected of England. Um, you know, even subconsciously, sometimes you think you're going into these games, you think, oh, England will win five, six, nil, it's fine. We'll, you know, we'll get it done and we'll move on. And then when they don't really perform, it hits the headlines all the more harder, not only because it's a poor performance, but because it adds to that flame on the fire or fuel on the fire, sorry, with Southgate and his tactics and everything else. Um, before we talk specifics, um, you know, sort of what was your overall thoughts of the game? In one word. Uninspiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep it keep it PG, chaps. <laughs> boring, wasn't it? Um, I know, obviously, we're through and and the qualifiers are playing. I was about to say meaningless teams, probably a bit harsh. Um, playing teams, you should be walking all over, and, and the game's meaningless. But I don't know. I just I, I look at France beating Gibraltar fourteen 0 and I don't see why we can't be doing that. Yeah, I mean, in fairness to Malta. Credit where credit's due, they I thought they actually tried to play. Yeah. They were pushing the ball around with a reasonable amount of confidence. It's obviously as it as the ball got further and further up the pitch, they sort of their quality sort of ran out. Um 
But you know they did they did come to play. They didn't just sit on the edge of their own box and just park eleven men behind the ball. They did try and play out um, and played some good stuff at times. But yeah, you're absolutely right when you see what France have just done to Gibraltar. I'm not suggesting that we should be doing that to Malta, but we should be creating chances. We should be you know testing the keeper on a regular basis mm. to not have a shot on target until what was it the fiftieth minute, fifty fifth minute, something like that. Oh, no, um, that is borderline unforgivable for a team of that quality. Um, and I don't really know where the blame should ultimately lie. Is it just one of those nights? Is it the players? Is it the manager? You know, what, what do we think? They didn't look interested, did they? There was no tempo. The ball, they didn't move the ball around quick enough. Just looked like they they knew they're through and they're just mm. there to just complete that game. That's done. We're through. Yeah. I, what did you think of the team selection itself? Because I was, I was expecting a little bit more rotation than he actually did. Yeah, you got to give some of these players a chance. Like the likes of Cole Palmer, who come on and actually play well, start them. Sorry, you I've just witnessed, just witnessed an almost Harry Maguire special there. He's just taking a free kick and giving it straight to their striker and then almost gave away. <laughs> 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 what is that? Penalty, what is he doing, man? It's a shame. Hang on, let me uh, just bear, bear with me for a second. I just checked VAR. I just want to show the chaps here the um, the free kick before, uh, before that happens. Yeah, that's fine. It wasn't a... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a free kick it was just a pass it's a great ball maybe it's good as this one the other day that he just fucking hooped how is that not a penalty that's a, that's a penalty isn't it surely yeah. sorry Lee carry on uh, where was we sorry I forgot just talking about the rotation the squad the players yeah well, you know know what these players do Henderson why are you playing him Give someone else a chance. I still can't get my head round around this. This con- It's almost like Southgate is doing it to stick it to people. Sort of like, I'm in charge, I'll do what I want type mm. thing. Because I cannot see any footballing reason why you would continue to pick Henderson, Phillips. You can't keep picking them when you've got players like Ward-Prowse mm-hmm. who are just sat at home doing nothing. I mean, Ward-Prowse, in, in a normal situation, in a, in a proper game, in a World Cup European, Ward-Prowse is not going to start. We all know that, and he knows that. I'm sure he's it's going to be Rice and Bellingham, and maybe mm. uh, maybe Foden or whatever. But if you want to have other people in that squad who can come in and do a job, why not pick people who are in form and playing well for their club? Ward Prowse has got the most assists in all competitions of any English player this season. But like with Ward Prowse, okay, yeah, if you're not going to start him, that's a great option to have on the bench. If you're losing one nil in like a a semi final or something, and you pepper in their box with uh, free kicks and that, that's the sort of person you want yeah. on that. Yeah, you stick stick old Slabhead up front, yeah, make him do something decent and get Warprouse on the delivery. Um, so, yeah, um, Southcote said he wants England to aim for the number one spot as well. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah well, like I, Christmas I want to... I wanna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where he comes out and they're doing a re- remake of... Um, what's the John Barnes one they did? Uh, uh, Anfield Rap. Yeah, Anfield Rap. Yeah, we'll have a remake of that at Christmas. Imagine Harry Kane and, and um, Harry Maguire trying to rap that. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I mean, all in all, just so, as you said, uninspiring is probably a really, really good way to put it. Um, I know a couple of people who went to that game and I immediately felt very, very sorry for them. And the only bit of good football we played, because Southgate clearly knew that things weren't good enough because he brought on uh, Carl Walker, he brought on Saka, he brought on uh, Cole Palmer, did get a run out. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked good when he came yeah. on as well. Um I really do. Dan, I'll get your take on this actually as well. Uh, I asked Lee last week, but do you think Man City are going to regret letting Cole Palmer go? Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I saw a thing with um, Guardiola, the, Guardiola the other day saying that he didn't want Cole Palmer to leave, but Cole Palmer came up to him and said that he wanted to go. So yeah. it's not like 
Guardiola was like, you know, off you go. Because uh, apparently he said to Cole Palmer, like, you know, Mahrez is going now. This is your chance to, to sort of step up. And, and he said, no, I want to go to Chelsea. So it's 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 one of those where it's, you can't really regret it as such because it was out of your hands. It's not like you've gone, right, clear off. Yeah. And then you regret it. Um, but they could have, I mean, depending on what his contract length was, they could have said no. Yeah, but then you've got an, a player that, you know, throws his toys out the plan. Pram, fuck now. You can tell I haven't been on it. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, because player, I know obviously Guardiola is, is great with all his players, but player power is a much bigger thing nowadays. And I feel like players do tend to get what they want the majority of the time. Yeah, it's interesting to us how that would have played out because, you know, it's Man City. They win a lot of trophies. Mm. They win a lot of games. Can you really be that unhappy about being forced to stay at Man City? Um, but I mean, he would get. He would yeah, get. I was yeah. going to say that to me because I feel like a lot of the players at United would just stay there for the money and the and to pick up their winners' medals and stuff. Whereas it's good to see. Not United, they wouldn't. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Brilliant. Um, but, but Come on, you've had a few to... weeks out. Come on, we got to get these digs back in. But it's good to see those sort of players that you know they do want to be playing games. They do want to be in the England team. They do want to be winning trophies by actually playing and not just picking up medals. Yeah, and with the greatest of respect to to Cole Palmer himself. Um, you know, he was a, a small fish in a very big pond at Man City. I'm not saying he's a big fish in a little pond at Chelsea, but he's certainly a bigger fish. There's a lot more traffic to get through at Man City than there is at Chelsea, isn't there? Yeah. And clearly Pochettino, you know, is very keen on, on playing him on a regular basis because he's starting most weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was obviously outstanding against City the other mm-hmm. week anyway. And I think that, you know, another really bright prospect for for England given his age. So, um, yeah, overall really disappointing. Um I know that I know we're through, but you know we we've got to set a tone with England. You know you, you want to set a um, sort of set your stall out with the with the tournament next year. I think if I'm right in saying we've got some more games in March after that's, this. Yeah. I, th- I think this is the last one before March. Is, is there two more games after this one? I think, and then that's it. Yeah, I think it's Brazil and Belgium. I think My in March. Trying to get tickets for the Brazil game at Wembley because it's his son's birthday around then. They wanted 160 pound a ticket. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just, I was going to say, yeah, just to show them a tape of the Malta game and say, you sure? in the queue as well on, online for about four hours. Oh, so they didn't oh, tell him the prices ahead of time? Like, oh. That's dirty. That is, that's very <laughs> naughty. Um, so, yeah, but I, I just feel like this is these are the games where England should be really sort of like making a statement. I think the, um, the draw is like next month. What for the groups of the Euros? Yeah. Well, this is the last round of games, isn't it? For yeah. qualifying. So, oh no, then they'll have to be the playoffs and stuff. Playoffs, yeah. Um, although, do they do the playoffs now? Because isn't that what the Nations League is for? Yeah, they still do the pre- playoffs because that's the that was that whole thing with um, Wales needing to lose or whatever it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, overall, really, really, really poor. Um, there's a couple of sort of questions. Second of December. Okay, not long, not long at all. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, I shouldn't be asking this question because of the quality of the opponents we were playing, but are we in danger of becoming a little bit too reliant on some creativity from the players like Bellingham? Mm. You know, Bellingham has been. You know, we all know how good he's been for Madrid. We all know how good he's been for England in the last sort of twelve months. Um, is there a danger that we become a little bit reliant on him to create things and make England tick? Well, the problem is we do play that really defensive, boring midfield um, where Bellingham is the only one with any creativity because then you have Rice and like Jordan Henderson playing alongside each other and, and they both do exactly the same job and they're just a bit of a brick wall. Yeah. Um, 
most teams have your sort of Declan Rice and then they'll have like a, a box-to-box like a Drew Bellingham and then they'll have a James Madison in there as well. Yeah. Someone that gets slightly higher forward. Whereas we have two Declan Rices and then your your box-to-box and we don't have that sort of number 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, if it were me, I think my number 10, I'm not sure whether Madison would be my number 10 go-to. I'd be tempted to have Foden in there. I know he doesn't usually play central for City, but I just think his ability on the ball to play in those really tight areas, especially when, you know, he's used to doing that with Man City anyway, because, you know, a lot of the teams play defensive against Man City. A lot of the teams England are going to play against other than the bigger sides are going to play fairly defensive. And I feel like Foden is perfectly suited to play that really tight areas mm. and try and find those little gaps. I think since Madison's gone to Spurs, he's really stepped up a level and he's been unreal for Spurs. I wouldn't be unhappy if he's in there yeah. um, um, at all. I think I'd go for Madison. Um, Would you have but, Foden out one side, maybe left or right? Yeah, yeah, it's difficult though because he's obviously you'd want him on the right, but I feel like Saka, you'd also want Saka. You have to, there. you have to play Saka, yeah. really, don't you? Um, but then who do you have on the left? Because probably don't really want Rashford out there anymore. Sterling. <sighs> oh, I hate watching Sterling for England. Though. It pisses me <laughs> off. I don't mind when he's playing for Chelsea, but because well, you don't watch him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's either it's going to be Sterling, Rashford, or Grealish. Grealish, yeah, probably. If Rashford three. was in form, I'd play Rashford. Yeah, yeah. Every day of the week. Last season, so poor recently. Shame the Euros went last season. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I probably on current form right now. I think you probably have to have. You probably say Sterling out of those three on current form. Yeah, because Grealish hasn't really been playing, playing, has he? No, um, unless Jeremy Doku's got some English blood in him somewhere, yeah. then um, you know Grealish is a really going to be that option that we want him to be at the moment but yeah um right let's um let's move ourselves along shall we um we're going to talk a little bit about the uh the everton situation um now of course those of you that haven't heard um you know i think everyone sort of knew that there was this ffp stuff looming over their heads but it finally came to pass this week or in the last week that they were deducted 10 points from their league position uh shout out to uh, burnley fans who are still bottom of the table despite that deduction <laughs> Um, yeah, what do we, uh, you know, initial reaction? I know Lee's done very kindly, done uh, some digging into this for us and got some sort of better information. But initial reaction to when you hear the 10 points, do we think it's harsh? Before I learned everything about it, I didn't know a lot about it, I thought it was harsh. But bearing in mind, administration gets you nine points. That was yeah. where my head was. I was thinking, well, they got six points. For the FFP, and then four points for something else. Which I'm not was sure. it was it late accountants or something? Hundred percent sure. Publishing their accounts late or something. Um, yeah, I mean Dan. I mean we knew this was sort of looming. We knew there was a chance this was coming. Um, I kind of, I suppose it kind of makes Everton's recent upturn in form all the more, uh, you know, huge for them because if they hadn't had that, they might be sat at the bottom of the table in a minus point situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't think Everton will have to worry about relegation, to be honest. Um, I think they have started to turn a corner and they're, they're starting to gel underneath Sean Dyche a bit now. Um, and now they've got this out of the way, they can just start looking forward. For me, it's not so much about Everton, actually, this what this whole points deduction. I, I genuinely think it is more about what you do with City and Chelsea now because from what we've heard that City have got like 112 sort of FFP things against them and... You know, if, if they've set this precedent <coughs> with Everton, then you've got to follow through with City and and potentially Chelsea if Chelsea have done the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because I feel like this whole City thing strung along for so long, whereas they seem to have got on with it with Everton. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, Lee, I'm sure Lee will tell us a moment, I think the Everton stuff was a bit more cut and dry. Um, you know. It still took four years. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, in which case, let's go to our FFP correspondent. <laughs> um, so, Lee, give us some, some of the uh, stuff that you've uh, picked out from all this. So, because I didn't really know a lot about it, and because Chelsea's name's been banded around with it as well, so I thought I'd have a little look into it to see really what is going on. And so with Everton, uh, they failed the profit and sustainability rules uh, where you cannot lose more than 105 million over a three-year rolling period. Mm -hmm. So they uh, lost 124.5 million uh, up to the 21-22 season, but the full loss was over 300 million. Damn. Mm -hmm. Uh, They was allowed to deduct uh, for what they call good spending, uh, i.e. infrastructure, infrastructure, youth, women's football and community programmes. Um, they ended up deducting 180 million from their losses right. through that. Um, and they still were in trouble because they ever spent. Um, Everton also wanted to make another um, four deductions on top of what they had, uh, but the commission found that that wasn't reasonable. Um they wanted to make deductions for COVID and um, for the stadium as well. More, more. Oh, was this the, the uh, for the interest on the stadium yes. repayments? Yeah, yeah. Um, they've broken the rules and they've admitted to it uh, several years ago. Uh, Everton went to the Premier League and said that they thought they might be in trouble, and the Premier League said, "If you do this, 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 you should be fine." But they didn't, and they carried on spending. Um, uh, okay. And the Premier League mm-hmm. made the, ch- uh, the charge, but an independent panel were the ones who actually put the final decision in place. So, Interesting, because I, re- I remember hearing that Everton were supposedly cooperating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't hear that actually they weren't, <laughs> and that they carried on as normal. But in a sense, they did cooperate, but they sort of ignored all the advice given to them to help help them along the way and just thought... Did they think you know, that by, you know, sort of holding their hands up and, a, and a sort of pleading guilt, if you like, that that was going to be enough to get them out of it, mm-hmm. I wonder? Possibly. But they, they're going to make an appeal um, and it will be in front of a different independent panel and they want to um, use the uh, interest from the stadium. They want to use that as an excuse. Uh, money they would have won if they'd sued a player that was sacked. I think we know who that Johnson. player is. Uh, not Good Johnson, um, uh, Sigurdsson, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and other bits to go with um, lack of transfers during COVID and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and now Leicester, Leeds and Burnley all want to take legal action against Everton as well. So yeah. that's another thing. Yeah, I mean, Pete mentioned that this was a similar situation to what um, I think Middlesbrough won other did with Derby, Derby a couple yeah. of years ago. Um, I don't actually think they got anywhere with that, though. I think it was chucked out. So it'd be interesting to see if this one gets them anywhere. Because yeah. it really must be really difficult to quantify. I mean, what are they charging? Are they, are they suing them for loss of, of TV revenue because they're no longer in the Premier League or they I think they're period suing out. them for so if they hadn't have breached these Macedonia are going to get a penalty oh great imagine England lose to Macedonia <laughs> the scenes so basically if they hadn't have breached the um, the rules they would have had less chance of getting points in the Premier League and because they only just survived yeah and that's, then... that's basically what they're saying so I mean I think that one might be quite hard to argue, just purely because, a, you know, it, it was it was very very close. It wasn't like Everton escaped by ten points, mm-hmm. um, and also they didn't really spend a huge in the in the years we're talking about here. Leicester's obviously will be last season. Everton didn't really spend anything. Mm. 
and they you know all they did was make money for the from the Richarlison's out they didn't really spend it to the best of my knowledge so yeah that one could be uh it could be interesting whether they get something from it I don't know but I doubt they get the full 300 million or whatever it is that they're claiming for so um yeah and then what about the sort of the, you know the, the whole media circus social media etc has always been about um whether or not City and Chelsea now are gonna you know the focus now is very much on those two, um, and and what's going to happen with them. So, is there any more information so on that? With City, uh, they got 115 charges across five broad different areas. Um, for example, they did not provide accurate financial info uh, in relation to revenue, sponsorship, and operation costs. Um, payments made to Mancini, uh, profitability and sustainability. Uh, also, have they deliberately prevented the Premier League getting where they need to be? Um, this this is from between 2009 and 18. It's a long time. Um, it's vastly different on scale to Everton. Uh, there is so much work. This is why it's taking so long and CR doing everything possible to make it difficult. CR using every legal avenue to drag this out and have even questioned the, the legitimacy of the Premier League acting against them. <laughs> it's a very complex case and City maintain they are innocent and have all the proof to back this up. Yeah, um, I guess purely because of you know the, who their owners are and all that kind of stuff, we maybe are you know guilty until proven innocent with it with these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But hundred and fifteen cases. I mean, even if half of those are true, I mean, what is what are the penalties going to be here? I mean, I really hope it's not just a fine because they'll write whatever check they want. Yeah. Um, but can they honestly? Because if they do find them guilty, it's not just the the, the length of the legal battle that it's going to be for this. For Man City's charges, it's going to be what comes after that. All the clubs like Liverpool, for example, who ran them close in the league and, and didn't get it. The champion, the Champions League winners and bits and pieces. You know, how many of those then come under scrutiny? How many of those do other teams say, well, hang on a minute, they've been cheating all this time for nine years. Mm-hmm. Well, they should be stripped of that title and yeah. should be handed to us. Um, I mean, this is this is massive. Um, so I wouldn't want to be the um the legal team involved in this because this no. is going to be years, I suspect, of of work. Already has been, hasn't it? Don't seem like there's any end in sight. No. Inside. And what about the Chelsea situation? The Chelsea's a little bit different to Man City at the moment because they're only, they haven't actually been charged with anything. They're only under investigation. And from what I understand, it's um, around sort of payments with, uh, to do with Conte, I think, and like um, and Nazard's parents and things like that. Right. So it's, it's still a little bit in the dark with Chelsea. We're not quite sure exactly what they're being well they haven't been charged with anything but what they've been investigated for right okay so yeah well we'll have to um, we'll have to wait and see um, I, I, I think the, the thing is it's easy to I think with Everton because they are lower down the league it's easier to make um, an example of them yes but when you go after like City Chelsea and that if they did kick them out of the league they'd probably just go and start this Super League up or something like that. And mm. how much revenue are the Premier League going to lose if they haven't got the likes of City and Chelsea pulling in all this TV money and, yeah. and stuff like that? So and that's kind of what it always comes back to. And I, Jamie Carragher actually made a, a similar point. He was defend, actually defending Everton um, in, a, in a rare mm. turn of events. He basically said that, um, you know, when you look back to that Super League situation, you know, they were pretty damn close to forming their own league and the Premier League in the end did nothing there were no sanctions there was no fines no nothing no no monetary or um, points fines and then Everton have gone over and over the spending 
if you believe what Everton is saying, for, you know, for reasons slightly out of their control, and they get docked ten points, and you just think how how much of this is actually you keeping to the rules, and how much of this is you just punishing teams where there's no real kickback. As you say, if you punish Man City, not only do you risk the Super League again, but you then risk further legal battles, which tarnish the name tarnishes the name of the Premier League mm-hmm. because then, well, how many trophies are you going to hand back? It wasn't really the Premier League that stopped the Super League from happening. It was the fans that yeah. got the Super League thrown out. Yes, yeah, very easy to forget that um, all the protests for the various clubs was, was the reason that it happened. Um, so... Yeah, look, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a very interesting situation, but unfortunately, it's not going to be one that's going to suddenly be decided next week. This is going to rumble on and rumble on, especially the Man City one. Um, this could be years, yeah, yeah until we uh, find out more information about what is going on. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll see um, some actual punishments levied down. Um, I mean, it, let, let's just say, for example, they're you know they found guilty on fifty of them. Would how do you accurately punish a team like Man City from a points point of view? Because if you give them the problem a 30-point deduction, all right, that hurts them, and they might not get Champions League, but they're still probably going to end up in Europe. Yeah. And the thing is, you've given 10 points for one. So how do you even say it is 50? How do you that's what, that's how? what I said at the start. Like You've, you've set a precedence yeah. now. Like You've got to follow Doing it. Doing 10 points per yeah. child is 500 points. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine and back to the Stone Age. <laughs> I mean, the Scottish League did relegate Rangers down to the fourth division. Mm-hmm. Um, that was only because they went into administration, though. All right. Well, and the um, Italian League dropped Juventus out of the top division. That was to do with patch fixing and all sorts as well. Yeah, there was tons involved. Yeah, but, you know, it was yeah. cheating. It cheating has happened, day, day, I guess that's the point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, um, and if, if the Italian League are willing to do it and given mm. how fucking corrupt they are... Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, talking of corruption, actually, um, did you guys see the, I think, I can't remember if I shared it with you guys, the thing about um, the FIFA president, Infantino? So, um, the, was it, I think it was Saudi Arabia has basically been given a free run at the 2034 yeah, World like Cup. Turkey pulled out. Or so, I think it was Australia. Australia. Uh, Australia with the other one in. And Australia... Um, they had a formal bid in the works. They were, you know, they were prepared to put it forward. They thought they had a good chance, and they didn't actually submit the bid in the end because they realised that it wasn't. There was no point. So they actually they canned it. They put an awful lot of money and effort into it, and they canned it because they um they brought the the date forward in terms of when the application date was. I think they brought it forward by a couple of weeks or something like that. And within 55 minutes of the application date coming forward, they had the formal bid through from Saudi Arabia. Um, and now all of a sudden, Australia obviously have thought, ah, fuck this, this isn't worth our time. Saudi Arabia have now got a free run. Uh, and then we find out uh, in the last week or so that Saudi Arabia are about to become a humongous sponsor of FIFA. Mm. Hmm. Go figure. And it, do you know what annoys me the most is that it, it's it's just being let happen. You know, it's so fucking obvious to everybody what's going on. And yet it just it goes on. You know, who do, who do you turn to in these situations to, to stop it? I mean, I remember that it was the CIA, wasn't it, in America that got involved with uh, Sepp Blatter mm-hmm. and sort of got him removed. But it hasn't solved the problem. No, you just it's, have someone fill his shoes. Exactly. Like Hydra, isn't it? Yeah. One head and then two more grow back. So, yeah, it's, it's an astonishing situation we live that we live in with football and in, probably in politics in general that... You know how much goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. That is just lining people's pockets at the mm. tops, at the top, and to hell with uh, to with the fans who actually fucking pay to go and watch it. 
Um, so, all right. Anyway, um, let us uh, let us move on. Dan, I thought I'd give you the opportunity to just quickly touch on United, just because quite a lot has happened at the hierarchy level mm. since you were last on. Uh, obviously, Ratcliffe has now got his. Is it is it actually official that he's got this stake? Not, no, it's not. Official. But it's a yeah, done it's deal. Much um, because you know, I, I was thinking to myself, it's not actually official, and yet I'm finding out that he's apparently sacked Richard Arnold. Yeah. So yeah, it's what, like what are our, you? Um, transfer negotiations. We even looked on the last possible. <laughs> to do it. Um, so yeah. So are you, you know, with the with the potential sacking of Richard Arnold, whenever it is with this immediate end of the season, um, are you in any way, shape, or form optimistic that it's a it's a potentially a positive thing that Ratcliffe yeah, comes in? Yeah. So we, I don't know if it's hundred percent confirmed or not, but apparently we're bringing in the Southampton director of football, right? And he was at Monaco when they had like the Mbappe and you know when Monaco won the league and stuff like that yeah like Dembele Bakayoko he was pivotal to bringing in all these players for Monaco and stuff Um, was he pivotal to Southampton last season? like but he was you know he's been around Southampton's um, academy and stuff like that so I think he has got quite a good track record when it comes to um, recruitment and stuff so Obviously, we know how bad United are at recruitment. Mm. So I, I think, yeah, I think it's it can only be a good thing because um, I mean Steve Steve Arnold was literally just Steve best. Arnold, so I kept calling Richard Arnold. I don't know why. Um, yeah, he was literally just best mates with um, what's his face from before that got Woodward. Yeah, he was best mates with Woodward. That's how he got the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that you know the fucking university buddies are out of there. <laughs> and we can actually concentrate on actual football. Um, I mean, it's not great that the Glazers are still there with the, the club's constantly going to have an arrow through its heart until they're gone. But, I mean, it's an improvement at the least. And now we've got someone in there that actually supposedly cares about the club and, and wants the footballing side of things rather than the money side of things. So, I mean, given Ratcliffe's record uh, with other clubs and sports ventures and stuff, have you got any concerns? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think Nice are doing particularly well in the um, French division. Yeah, I mean, Simon Jordan rattled off a, a, quite a long list of um, uh, companies or sports franchises he was involved in that mm. had all kind of gone quite downhill. I'm not necessarily saying it was, it was exclusively yeah. his fault, but the common denominator was is that he was involved and it, it kind of went sour. Mm. The only one I can think of that has pretty much done very well is is his relationship with the Mercedes Formula 1 team. Mm. Up until the last two years, Mercedes have been dominant with Ineos as their, one of their main sponsors. Um, Does it not worry you, though, that him coming in means the Glazers aren't going anywhere? Yeah, I've seen something about it's going to be 10 years until he could potentially buy the Glazers out. Um, is there a reason for that? Is that money or is that is that some kind of deal? being greedy. I don't know. I didn't know if that was some kind of deal. They said if you come in and buy it and with twenty five percent, you yeah, and to, yeah, I've got I mean, a deal that says you can't. I just can't, I don't think you can afford it. To oh, be I see. Um, I I really don't understand why they couldn't just sell it to the. Well, I do understand is because they just get fuck tons of money. I mean, you've seen that thing about how much they take out of the club and stuff like. Because that's always been a big thing that annoys it's, it's me. It's when, astonishing when other fans sort of say, "Oh, the Glazers spend you know tons of money on transfers." They don't spend a penny. Yeah, like, all of that is. The Glazers haven't spent a penny, no. have they? Even the money they use to buy the club, they put that back on to the club. Yeah, they? So yeah. They borrowed against got yeah. the club's assets. The club is got in the club yeah, for nothing. more debt than, yeah. Um, it, 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 when you look at those numbers... Billion out of it. Yeah. When you look at those numbers, it is quite astonishing how the Glazers have managed to operate in such a way for so mm. long. Mm-hmm. Um, they have... They have 
they haven't run the club into the ground because you know Man United is still a top level club, etc. But when you think about what they were, they were the proper footballing institution. Yeah. And now not only has the club gone downhill, they're not really ever talked about in serious connotations really for for, for winning titles, struggle to get into top European competition, struggle to attract top talent. You know, it is incredible how quickly it's all fallen apart mm. in the last sort of five to ten years. Um I'd rather have Pablo Escobar running the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least, at least everyone would have a fantastic time in the stands. The football's no good. There's other ways they can just take themselves. Sign some Colombians. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, have you ever seen that uh, meme of Maradona where he's doing the warm-up and his physio comes over and puts something up to his face and then Maradona's fucking off on one? That'd be like, that'd be the every Man United warm-up. Uh, so, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see now you know, does the club now begin to go in a more positive direction? Does you know? I'm sure Ratcliffe, I've heard, has promised money for infrastructure and stadium mm. and facilities I think and stuff. It, it is a positive thing, but not as positive as it could have been. Mm. Well, only time will tell. Um, but um, what what about uh, you know? Picked up a couple of results. Nothing particularly Most convincing. Team in the league. Yeah, 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 that's again astonishing. <laughs> um, the, the trouble is though, is that those wins. I mean, we would obviously. I'm sure you've been listening to the show. We were talking about Ten Hag and whether he was in trouble or not. I'm assuming that, in your opinion, nothing needs to change right now. But when you see your team kind of limping home to a one nil against Luton and that sort of thing, it's he's he's still not really relieving any pressure on himself. No, and, I, and obviously I mean, the Champions League as well has been really poor this season. Yeah, and I've I've seen I've watched like quite a few. Obviously, I've watched the United Stand and stuff like that, and like a lot of channels have been saying that he's almost gone into like survival mode where you can tell that he's not playing the brand of football that he wants to play. It's almost, it's similar to when we had like Ollie, you know, we're just going into games, hoping for a moment of a, a miracle that we just, you know, one ball over the top and someone like Rashford gets onto it and scores and we get a one nil win. And every single game is like that. We, you know, we pick up clean sheets because we're defending our asses off. And then we're just hoping for that one counter attack or, you know, one free kick, something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> We can get away with it against teams like Luton. But there's me saying we're getting away with it against teams like Luton, Sheffield and Burnley. I mean, and then we get smashed up by, you know, City and, and those sort of teams. We've still got to play Liverpool. Before I thought we would beat Chelsea, now Chelsea are starting to become a bit of a team and I don't I don't think we will beat Chelsea. Um, I, I, I'm saying it right now, we'll lose to Everton. What, this weekend? Yeah, 100% will lose to Everton. Is it at Everton? It's at Everton, yeah. Mm, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll their towers are going to be up. Obviously, you know, they're going to want to prove a point, aren't they, with everything that's gone on in the last week or so. Um, yeah, it is It is a strange one, isn't it? How how can everything... You know, I, I think back to the um, the Champions League game against Copenhagen mm. the week before last. Um, honestly, I can't remember if I said it last week on the show or not, but it, it just proves again that there is that... It's like the you know what you see is it's the duck meme, isn't it? Above the surface, it all looks nice and fine, and then below the surface, it's all panicky mm. and, and kicking legs and whatever. And with United, the analogy would be that when they're winning, you see above the water, you see everything kind of looks calm, right? That Copenhagen game, when you tune it up, completely utterly in control of that game, you look like you were going to go on and win that four or five mm. nil. And then as soon as that red card for Rashford happens, it's panic mode. It, it, it is. It's like someone pushes a panic button, and it's you can see the the confidence. Um, the decision making just completely drained from the team and that has to be one of the most worrying things for Ten Hag he just doesn't know when that's going to happen mm. what is going to trigger another one of those sort of meltdowns within the team 
and cause Man United to, to do, throw away I leads. Do, I mean, not that make an excuse for him, but I do feel like we've been fucked by VAR so many times this season. Um, since that Wolves game, I feel like they must have had a meeting and say, really, <laughs> no. I'm not even joking. I feel like they've had a meeting and said, you know, knuckle down on United because against Arsenal, we had like the tightest offside call ever. Um, which ended up losing us the game in the end. The McTominay one against Fulham um, was ridiculous. Was it McTominay? McGu- yeah, McGuire. McTominay. Yeah. Oh, McTominay, McTominay, McTominay put it McTominay in. Score, but yeah. McGuire, that was ridiculous. I mean, I've seen so many things about like Rashford shouldn't have been sent off against Copenhagen. And I saw the exact same challenges so many times that weekend. Yeah. And nothing happened at all in any of the other games. It's uh, just a story of VAR though, isn't it? Inconsistent. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I'm... I just feel like... I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not making excuses. I don't really want to be putting these games down to VAR, but I just feel like, I've, to me, it seems like since that Wolves game, we've had a lot of very tight and even questionable decisions go against us. I think there's a number of teams that will feel like that. I feel like VAR has been at its worst mm. this, in the first third of the season. I mean, Wolves will feel very aggrieved. Mm. Um, you know, Liverpool, that goal against Spurs... Yeah. Um, I think West Ham have been done once or twice. I think it feels almost like everybody's getting done. You know, usually you sort of like the whole swings and roundabouts mm. thing. Well, there ain't no fucking roundabouts at the moment because it just seems like it's going against yeah. everybody at the moment. That's kind of what it feels like. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be... I think it's going to be a long off season for us, unfortunately. Yeah, indeed. Um, right, okay, let's just take a, um, a quick gander then at this weekend's games um, just because, frankly, we ain't got much else to talk about. Um... Uh, so, yeah, so looking ahead to this weekend, we've got a couple of absolute corkers. We've got Man City against Liverpool is our early game on Saturday morning, or Saturday, early Saturday Clock afternoon. I'm fuming about that. After every yeah, international is, break, yeah. they're always 12 <laughs> <laughs> um, And then uh, Newcastle against uh, Chelsea is another one that's going to be pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, start with you, Lee. How you uh, how you fix that Newcastle-Chelsea? I imagine you must be quite positive at the moment. I am. We're scoring goals, finally. Yeah. So... The football hasn't been bad this season, which is, like I say, every time I come on, just don't score goals. But the last two games, found the found the back of the net. Newcastle are in a bit of trouble at the moment with injuries. Yeah, so they have so got, obviously got all two of those injuries. Yeah. So, it's a lovely little in-joke there. <laughs> Hopefully he's listening. We'll get a nibble later on the WhatsApp group. Well, we'll know if he's listening or not because he'll definitely mention it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that could be a really interesting game, actually, because I think... Chelsea obviously they're not going to approach that game with a with a negative mindset. I think they're going to be positive, and Newcastle at home generally playing a fairly positive vein. So I think that actually could be kind of disappointed that it's a um, a three o'clock in the afternoon. That feels like that could be it's massive. Uh, us having Reese James back and possibly in Kunku back. Oh god, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, he so, could be back. Yeah, um, yeah. That I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I mean, I'm sure he won't start. No. Um, but you know, to see him now back integrated into the team and see if that also has a positive impact on Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jackson's obviously found the net a little bit in the last couple of games. Tottenham games are kind of a weird one because they were all tap-ins pretty much, other than the one he went around the keeper. Um, the goal against City was Tapping. sort of a tap-in, but it, you know, it was instinctive to be in the right place at the right time, I guess. Um, so yeah, that could be a really interesting one. What do, what do we think about City Liverpool? Because as things stand, with with Tottenham kind of. Um, flagging a bit shall we say and they've got Villa this weekend and that ain't going to be an easy game um, what do we think about Liverpool because at the moment they could be the next best challengers to City so this actually could have you know this this could be a much bigger game in the context of the uh, of the league title than we think I think Liverpool have been stumbling through results as well haven't they just recently really they've, and then some of the wins have looked convincing but the actual games themselves have been 
Like the Luton one was a big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it Brentford they played at the weekend? Yes, and they could have been one they or two nil down. Two nil down. Mm. Um, yeah, and all the city have you seen all the city players have been getting injured and coming home from international duty? Oh, have they? Yeah, lots of them. Are you suggesting some kind of conspiracy there? I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying. <laughs> Take the tinfoil hat off. Um, no, there's quite a few of them that have been coming home from uh, international duty, supposedly injured. So. Well, yeah, obviously Harlan is the big one, isn't mm-hmm. it? He um, pulled out of the game against Scotland where they drew three all. Um, we don't know how bad the ankle injury is, but um, he, excuse me, he picked up an injury a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And then he said he wasn't going to play in the Champions League and then wasn't going to play against you. Yeah. Ended up playing in both of them. Um, so, um, yeah, I have to wait and see on that one. Um, obviously, Dan, I know you've already mentioned about um, the, the Everton game, but um, in all seriousness, that is a game you need to be winning. Yeah, we won't. I'm not like doing it for shits and gigs. We genuinely will lose that game. I don't know. Villa Tottenham, that'll be a good game. Brentford Arsenal could be good. Mm. Arsenal's record against Brentford is not very good. Brentford and Brentford are a bullied them. team. Yeah, it's been difficult, like sort of segueing like FPL. I've been looking at. I mean, I've got Mbomo, and I sort of thought I can see him scoring against Arsenal, and, and Arsenal have been very indifferent this season. But there's not many clubs that you could look at and put your hat on and say they're almost they you know they're going to get me a clean sheet this mm. weekend. Almost every single team in the in the league is conceding on a fairly regular basis. Ironically, one of the better ones recently has been United. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, City always seem to concede a goal. Liverpool have been okay in fairness to them, um, but you, you know they they look frail at the back. If it was not for Allison, they could have conceded a lot more. Um, Newcastle last season were obviously very good. This season, not so much. Um, Chelsea have been okay, but you know Sanchez is always going to give you a chance, or it mm-hmm. seems like he is. So yeah, it, it's tricky to call some of these games. I wouldn't want to put an anchor on the Premier League this weekend. Actually, I don't think I will be because a lot of them games, it's tough to call which be way some good go. odds if you got it right. Mm. Yeah, bloody right they would be. Um, Definitely Burnley. Because <laughs> even like well, we ain't got any strikers. Antonio and Bowen both injured. Kufal apparently was having a good old party the night before a game. Mm. He's been banished from the Czech Republic team. Forest at home to Brighton. I mean, Brighton have been in poor form, yeah. and, and I quite rate Forest actually, especially with a, a one-year bet. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton's form has gone a little bit under the radar. I know we're we're generalising across all of the teams here, but Brighton's form has been a little bit indifferent. Are they are they getting away with it a bit? Draws to Sheffield United and Everton and Fulham in their last three games. I think they're just rotating too much. Um, I mean, if you look at the in the Premier League, uh, let's have a look. When did they last win a Premier League game? Um, they haven't won a Premier League game since the 24th of September mm. that's um, that's quite incredible and no one's really mentioning it we all, we all, we're all sort of still colluding in the illusion that Brighton are this amazing team and actually their form has been pretty damn mm. poor I mean I don't know what the um, the old form table looks like but Brighton must out, be yeah. yeah I mean there's no win yeah you can see there look two reds and four greys to indicate uh, two losses and four draws um, even West Ham have got better form than Brighton and we've, we've been awful <laughs> So, yeah, that could be a good one. That could be uh, an interesting one. Um, I'll have to obviously wait and see how this Everton thing plays out, but they currently sit now second bottom as a result of their uh, points deduction. But I don't think they'll be there for um, for too much longer if their form continues. Right, okay, well, we've uh, we've stumbled our way through this podcast. We've got almost an hour done. Job done, gents. Well done. I'll talk <laughs> about the first half of this. <laughs> um, yeah, sure, go for it. What do you want to say? Oh, we'll one nil down. Kirsty. Yeah, there we go. Um, yes, I, I mean, okay, let's just put it out there. What is the reaction going to be if we lose this game? Given what happened on Friday against Malta, if we lose this game tonight, 
I mean, I know we've not been paying huge amounts of attention to it, but we have been sort of flicking backwards and forwards. It doesn't look like we've been that great again. He'll get away with it because he's played Ollie Watkins, Rico Lewis. He's made a few changes. And Rico Lewis did give, give away the pedal, even yeah. though it, was, it seemed on first even view like, quite harsh. Even winning this game like 2-1, but the team we've got out there, we should be beating mm. North Macedonia. Well, this is the thing, right? I mean, it's... As you say, I know that's what they will say, but when you've got people like Watkins, he's playing in the Premier League, he's playing in Europe. He's not some kind of like crap that's, striker. That's what I mean. You know, we've, Rico Lewis is what, a Man City? Yeah. Th- their striker plays for Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all our Scottish fans. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, yeah. get hold of the papers and whatever tomorrow because if this stays at, stays at 1-0, the, um, they're going to be out for blood. In the, in mm. the media and on social media in the next 24 hours or so right okay um, well obviously no quiz tonight because we've got no Pete um, but we will finish the show with this down the stack man well being as we don't have a quiz then did you want to do the uh, the top 20 uh, why not go on then why not see how we go Most, I mean, <laughs> this is a cooperative game I'm assuming yeah 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 they're not going to compete against each other yeah so uh, the top 20 sort of players that have made the most appearances under Southgate do you need to keep do you need a pen and paper or something to keep track of which ones we've said and which ones we haven't yeah I'll, I'll write it on my notes so I'll write yeah you got okay flick between well, some real obvious ones isn't there? Harry Kane obviously yeah got to be up there yeah Harry Kane, Harry Kane. Maguire mm-hmm. Pickford Pickford yeah yeah Walker. Yeah. Um, Rice. Uh, yep. Sterling? Sterling? Yeah, I was going to say Sterling. Yeah. Saka. Rash- yeah, Saka. Saka, yeah. Rashford? Is he in Henderson. Center? Yeah, Rashford's in there. Henderson's in there. Stones? Yeah, Stones is in there. Is it? Are we? Are we? Is this twenty? We're doing now. Yeah, all twenty. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Trippier. Yeah, Trippier's in there. Trent. No. Let me just double check. No, he's not. <coughs> How many have we got? Um, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Calvin Phillips. Double check. Pretty sure he is in there. Yep, Calvin Phillips is in there. It's depressing, isn't it? Yeah. Did we say Rashford? Yeah, Rashford. You got. Um, yeah, one thing, um, these aren't in the top 20, so I can just say them. Trent actually has the same amount of appearances under Southgate as Danny Rose. Oh, yeah. Shut up, really? Mm. Danny Rose? Yeah. I, don't, I forget how long Southgate's been with England, <laughs> didn't you? Um, was Rooney... No, he was already retired. No, he was, I think he was already gone. Um, so let me just double check. So done. Who are the other players... Um, so I think you've got all of the top 10. Okay. And then uh, you've got... John Stones? You've got him. Yeah, I said him. Um, yeah. Reese James? No. Injured. Mason Mount? Yeah, mm. Mason Mount. Sure. Um... Doubt Grealish should be in there because he's only just started getting in, isn't he? Uh, yeah, no, Grealish isn't in there. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, he is. Grealish isn't yeah. there, yeah. Well, that goalies are other strikers. So obviously he's, he's rotated strikers so much. 
He doesn't really rotate Pickford, does he? No. I mean, if he did, who would it be? It wouldn't be up there for appearances. Only a so few sometimes there's no other goalies. Yeah. No other strikers either, I'm going to assume. Nope. We've got... Do you want me to give you the positions? Go on. So you've got... One... Did you say him? No, two, three, four midfielders and one and two defenders. England have just equalised. Grealish has just scored nice. two minutes in the second half. Um, Foden. Yep, Foden. Two Bellingham already? Yeah, Bellingham. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Forget how many, how sort of long. Two, two of each now. Yep, two of each. Tyrone Mings? No. Connor Cody? No. What are the defenders? So who does he go to when like Stones and Maguire yeah. aren't playing? Gay's only just come in. Tamori's yeah. only just come in. If it's not Cody and it's not... Won't be Lewis They've Dunk. all been to major competitions under Southgate. Tarkovsky? No. I can't think of any other defenders. I'm missing that. It's probably, probably maybe oh, uh, Luke Shaw? Yeah. Oh, Luke of Shaw. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and Ben Chilwell then? No. Ah. I was really confident with that. Only <laughs> <laughs> well, one defender, two midfielders. What other midfielders? Can you give us specific positions? Yeah. Uh, one's a centre back, but he can play elsewhere. Um, and one. I'd say he's more of a winger, but he can play as the number 10 as well. And the other midfielder is more of a, a number 10, but can play a little bit sort of more centre midi. <laughs> I'm really stuck now. Both, these... both midfielders have bounced around the Premier League quite a bit in recent years and drifted away. As you play. Drifted, drifted away from the Premier League? Or just drifted away from the England squad, do you mean? Drifted away from sight. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> the defender, I think, is fucking shit. It means he must play for United then. No. Eric Dyer. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so that's all the defenders done, right? Yeah, two midfielders now. Are they still checking this goal? For what? For offside? I don't know, but see, goal check. We scored in the 46th minute. minute. Yeah, three just, minutes. just to put it in context, we're almost in the 50th. Fucking VAR, man. Get it out. <laughs> um, right, two more midfielders. James Milner. No. Um, I've called it offside. Fuck me. <laughs> After all that, must have been so tight. It's taken that long to do that. Um, I'm assuming they're not playing in the current squads for England. Uh, no, Deli Ali. Deli Ali is one of them. Good shout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just looked at that Look one replay, off. and I say that's offside. Yeah. How the fuck <laughs> is it taken in that long? Uh, well, we've got one more. One more. One more midfielder. Madison. No. He's still. He's still. <laughs> Um, drifted away. I 
Is he still playing in the Premier League now? No. He's not currently at a club. Has he formally retired? No. He's just a wanker. Just a wanker. <laughs> um, I feel like we should know who this is. Mm. Dan, Dan has very strong feelings on him as well, so I feel like we should know. I feel like you would have strong feelings on him as well. Is there a West Ham link then? Mm-hmm. Midfielder. Midfielder that we've had. Jesse Lingard. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. There we go. We got there eventually. Said there were a few obscure ones in there. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, we're off to um, bore ourselves to sleep uh, watching England try and find a way of getting back into this game. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, LMA manager comes out again tomorrow. We're back in the groove, obviously, with recording, so we've managed to avoid having a week off, which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, make sure you share our podcast around, and we'll see you all next week. See you later. Mm-hmm.